Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Grit Show. I am James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy, and I am here with my co-host Tyrell Gray, and this is going to be a continuation of the episode one where we were just kind of introducing each other, but Tyrell's going to interview this one, and you got you to gotta pay attention because episode three that we're going to do is going to be me introducing Tyrell, and I know what's coming in that, that episode, so it's going to be super exciting. So we're just going to pick up where we left off um, with Tyrell interviewing me um, just about my past and uh, leading and this, up and this to kind of, This kind of part two. Yeah, this so, part yeah. two. So part two, we're finishing yeah. off kind of the last big one. Actually, yeah. you just did another big one. Well, you just, you just had a pretty good bike ride. Yeah, well, so here's here's what's funny is, um, I don't know why I keep doing stupid things. Um, <laughs> no, but, I'm just going to pause real quick. I'm just going to pause real quick. This is one of my favorites. I remember having oh. this conversation after the 50. How many times have I you're retired? Like, you're like, <laughs> I've played done. my man card. I'm out. I'm done. Man card's done. I'm out. Yeah. So, like, what's the motivation? Yeah. Why? What's the next? Because you keep doing them. Well, the number, literally the number one question I get on stage is, uh, what's next? Really? And um, I always want to joke and say, actually, I always say, but I'm always joking. Um, I always say, are you not satisfied? <laughs> Have I not done enough? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> um, and, and the reality is, you know, it, it's very public, the mistakes that we made on the, the 50. It was chaos. It was confusion. It was logistics. It was insane. We didn't anticipate a bike crash. and You know, just all these things. And, you know, as social media trolls live and thrive... Um, they, they attacked us, um, questioned what we did. And we have never hid, you know, anything from from the 50 and why we made the decisions that we made. And we're not perfect. As human beings, well, we, and we're and not I perfect. Defend you. I'm going to defend you for a minute because, you, like, you did something that no one had ever done before. And so they weren't intentional mistakes. Like, the things that happened were logistics. They were unforeseen things. They were things that nobody ever thought of before. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're kind of family first and we were immediately heavily criticized for doing this project in June and July. And the reason we did that is because we had kids ranging from ages 5 to right. 12. It was a summer. And, well, you get you headed into the south part of the country, and it's really hot, really humid. And one of the more bigger controversial things was the, our use of IVs. Yeah. And once that, you know, we posted, not even thinking about it, posted a thing on social media, and that came out. And got attacked by social media, got suspended by WADA, had to fight that. They obviously lift it because of um, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't break any rules. Um, it, but, you know, there's there was always, you know, this tiny asterisk. So when I, and you for know, those, just real quick, for those of you that don't know, WADA is the sanctioning body basically that comes out and says, okay, we're going to test you and make sure you're healthy and you can't, you're not cheating. You're not using performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, Waddle's World Anti-Doping. And so we were immediately suspended uh, until, because they have to. Once they get a, a public inquiry or, or concern, they're required to suspend you, and then they do the research. Anyways, we were cleared of any wrongdoings. But, you know, so after the 50 and all the things that happened and the weather and using, you know, a treadmill or whatever, uh, being pushed inside for safety, um, we were heavily criticized for those decisions. And at the end, at the end, end, end of the day, we're raising money for charity, and we were just trying, literally trying to survive out there. Um, if, if you if you want to hear the whole story, there's obviously the documentary on on Amazon Prime, uh, currently on Peacock too at the time of this recording. Um, but then the book Redefine Impossible. Um, we well, we wrote just, about that. And, and sorry to interrupt again, James, but another thing that I think people don't realize, like you just alluded to, and it's not mentioned heavily in the book, but your entire family was there. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you were just out there with your crew and a couple of buddies. Like, the kids were all there, and 
they had had to be fed and had to go to bed and had to brush their teeth. And you've got the entire family traveling around the United States, which was an amazing experience. Obviously, we need to get the kids on here and talk about it as well. Yeah. But, I mean, that's something I don't think people understand is, like, you truly are a great individual but a great dad and a great husband, and you brought them along on this amazing journey, which adds another layer of complexity. Oh, the, the, there's so many layers um, to, to these projects. People are just like, oh, it's Swim Bike Run, um, but it's it's all hands on deck, 24 hours a day, managing yeah. chaos, problem solving. And so after the 50, you know, I, immediately I was like, Never again. I'm totally satisfied. <laughs> but then as you, you know, start to navigate and you, you are on stages and you wrote the book and you're, you're, you know, doing podcast shows and questions come up and social media posts, um, you, you know, this is part of who I am is I'm, I'm always trying to push the boundaries of mental and physical and spiritual. And, and the purpose, the purpose of the 50 was to find out how many consecutive Ironman's full distance triathlons I could do. I didn't get to find that out because instantly it was chaos. It was confusion. It was mistakes. It was a comedy of errors, um, again, that we never hid behind or, or didn't publicize. And so I fast forward five years later and the pandemic hits and I have now forgotten all the bad <laughs> than what it felt like. Um, I believe I was, you know, it's, it's like when you're like, the, the, the high school football guy that, like, is 40 now, and he still is telling stories about his glory days, about how good he was. Yeah. The, the we one, remember the good. The good remember, part stays. Yeah, remember the good and, and, and not the bad. And so for me, the pandemic hit, and it, it affected everybody in a different way, and I, I just just got the biggest impression, this is an opportunity. And it was an opportunity on, on many different levels. One, to reset my history. Um, not that I have anything to prove to anybody, but it was, it was more me. Right. I want to do this for me. And I thought to myself, if I can remove chaos, if I can put systems and team in place, if we can control as much of the environment as we can, can we double what everybody thought was impossible? And then we named it Defy Logic. Can we defy logic? And that became the premise. And then I just lost all sense of reality and got super excited about the project and forgot <laughs> that I was five, six years older and 20, 30 pounds heavier and haven't really, you know, you just remember. So this, this is a good point. So the, the body obviously is, as we age, we're both a little bit older now. We're just not, we, it just doesn't recover as fast. Yeah. And so it was six years, right? Six, six years, years in between the 50 and, and when you started the 100. And here's what's crazy is, um, you know, Leading up and through the 50, it was the 2010 world record, 2012 world record, then the 50. And I was building upon those uh, foundational blocks and continually adding to them. It, and it was consistent momentum, training. Consistent training. Yeah. And I just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and it just was momentum. Well, life changed after the 50, and it was more focused about my family, and we lost everything in the recession, and that's a whole other topic. But I had gotten my life back, and we had rebuilt, yeah. and... and we were now um, helping other people change the way they think and getting paid for it and speaking. And it was just this unbelievable thing. Well, I had, because I believed I was totally done, um, my training, you know, took a back seat and life happened and my focus became my family and, and uh, you know, working for the future. Well, when 2020 hit, it was an opportunity. And f like you said, five years had passed and now... Um, I'm not the athlete I once was, and I am not built, I'm not coming off of momentum. 
And I was like, oh, I can get ready in four months. And this is a great idea. Let's do the hardest endurance uh, challenge in sports history on four months preparation. Um, and so that that was that was the start. Um, and then it obviously got crazy and maybe went a little downhill from there. <laughs> so, so tell me, we're, we're kind of jumping into this fast, but there was a day, like I stopped by the house. And then, so this, so everybody knows kind of the background. So with the 100... You did 100 Ironmans in 100 days, but it was in one location. So you'd swim the same spot every morning, you'd do the same run every morning, or the same bike, and you'd just do the same run. So I remember coming by your house, um, you were sitting on the fireplace, and your ankles were the size of your quads. They were swollen up. <laughs> yeah. And it was day, day, day five. Day five. Day five. <laughs> it's yeah. day five. Yeah. And I can remember looking at you being like, oh, crap. Like, this is going to be rough. So, so obviously, not as much training, and you're going into this, and at this point, like, this is truly mental strength at this point because, like you said, you didn't have the momentum going yeah. into it. Yeah, so what's interesting is, you know, we get asked a lot, is this, you know, is what you guys do or, or, or challenges like this, is it more physical or more mental? And the answer is it's 100% physical and 100% mental. Um, and mm-hmm. your physical body will take you as far as you're physically ready to do it, and then your mind has to take over. So the, the best way to describe this is, like, you can't be an obese human and be really mentally strong and pull that broken out of shape body through it because you you will have physical limitations and on the flip side of that if you're extremely physical you're you're a gifted natural athlete you're in peak performance but you really lack the mental strength you're not going to be able to mentally pull that body through and so it really Mm. is a hundred percent of both of those you know because you hear the navy seals say you know you've got 40 percent more capacity once you've reached your limit that doesn't mean you can magically pull out a six-minute mile. It means you can drag yourself right. to completion. It doesn't mean just because I believe I can run a six-minute mile. Right, like right. Phys- Physicality and physics will stop me from doing that. So I had a, I had a slight ankle injury going into the, the, the 100 because I ramped stupid me. Rookie mistake. I, I know way better as a coach. But I ramped my run volume up really quick. And based on my past experiences, I knew my body adapts and evolves as we progress through these projects. And so I was like, okay, it's really more than just a four-month training camp because I'm going to use the first 50 days, the first half of this project, the first seven weeks. So that would put me at 11 weeks of training in order for my body to adapt. And then I'm like, then I'll, you know, this is in my mind. I'm like, this is a genius idea because then I'll just really turn the jets on from weeks eight to 14 of a consecutive full triathlons. And yeah, so it's just, how, just completely cro- naive. That's how I do CrossFit. Like I, I the war, the workout is the warm up. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you have an heart attack and you look like crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're die. Yeah, CrossFit's a whole nother, <laughs> nother topic that I would love to get into one day. Um, and, and so, so for me, so for me, I, I, I you know, totally naive and you know relying on my past experience and whatnot you're right by day five when you came over i was already broken and now now it's a totally different scenario because now i'm not um you know adapting and getting stronger i'm trying to figure out how to navigate this injury and and though that ankle like you said it shot right up into my shins and i developed stress fractures really early um and by day 15 i I mean, I tell you, I it was, was both I was shins. So yeah, it ended up being both throughout the course. It started with the left, um, and and I was so so broken so early on. Um, I I remember just saying to Sandy, I don't believe I can manage this level of pain for eighty five more days, and that was kind of like, 
that was a that was yeah, a, that was a, a that was a moment <laughs> to where you you've got to you've got to figure things out and and you know we we can talk about a lot of things but this is why you have to have so much um, purpose uh, when you're doing something because how many how many of you on the journeys that you're on now get to a point um, where you you do feel broken you do feel alone you do you do feel isolated you you don't feel like you can get up and do one more your reason or purpose that you're doing something has to be so strong in that moment or it'll derail you. You know, there's there's a bunch of experiences that happened um, during the 100. I just want to bring out a couple of them, a couple that I saw. Because like I said, at the end of this podcast, we hope whoever's out there listening, we truly are going to bring on, we've got some amazing guests. You guys are going to be blown away by some world-class athletes, uh, world-class military individuals. But we're truly trying to drill down to the things that bring out that internal grit. And there's a few things that you shared with me. I was fortunately, because I was here, I was able to, to have a lot of this adventure with you, even bringing my son. My son at 11 years old completed his first marathon with you, yeah, which, so was, cool. which was pretty amazing. Uh, but there's a couple things I wanted to bring out that hopefully you guys listening can start applying this to your life. And I remember one of those, and it was probably around that day 15 mark, they'd had the bib numbers. Do you remember this? They had the bib numbers all stacked up in your in your oh, closet. Dude. So they Share had, that they, story. The, so they had two things. It was the... We had we had printed out a, a bib number that aligned with every single day. So day one, number one. Day two, number two. We also had swim caps um, sent by by tier. Um, again, day number one, number one. Day number two, yeah. number two. And I remember at the at the foot of my bed was the entire stack of bib numbers and swim caps. And I just I just looked at it. And it was a representation of what I still had left to do. And mentally, it was just like crippling. And so I, much. I just said to Sonny, I was like, hey, can can we not <laughs> can we not have those visual <laughs> right there? Because this is a representation of currently what's what's on the plate that I have to digest. And it was just so overwhelming that it broke me down. And so she was like, yes, I'll only put out, you know, the next three or the next five. Because my mind could function in single digits, right. or even one, but it couldn't. It couldn't. It couldn't understand, comprehend, unpack, eighty-five more. And, and I think this is something that people, like, hopefully, you guys that are listening can understand this. This is a concept you can apply in your own life. The Navy SEALs. We've got a couple of Navy SEALs will be on here with us, and one of them is a close friend of mine. And he would focus on during going through this Navy SEAL program, just making it to breakfast, and then all he cared about was making it to lunch. And so essentially, you did that same thing. You're like, look, I'm just going to do. I'm gonna do three days. That's it. Well, and then it, I'm just gonna do the next three. It, days. it even it even got got way more down, you know, finite than that because, literally around that 15 day mark when I was having that conversation with Sunny, she just said, "Look, you have put together a world class team. They're here to support you. They have sacrificed everything to be here. They want to be here. This is a team effort, and, and we're gonna do this together." She said, "Trust your team. Allow them to put you back together tonight, and you just have to do one thing." And I was like, man, I got to do a lot of things. What's the one thing she is wanting me to do right now? And she says, you just have to show up. You yeah. just have to show up and start because if if you do that, you you you're giving yourself an opportunity for the next miracle to happen. If you don't show up, you're, the next miracle can't happen. Right. And over the, this is this is kind of a, a, a real pivotal point in the journey. Um, day fifteen, I'm doing the marathon, and the the pressure and the pain was mounting so great um, in my legs that that I 
literally one, I was waiting for my leg to snap. I was like, well, in past experience, I think if I, did, if I, <laughs> if I, if I, if I let, if my, if I break my leg during the marathon, the public will be like, well, okay, he pushed himself till he broke his leg. We'll, we'll allow this to be the reason he can stop. Thankfully that didn't happen, but I was waiting for that moment and the pain became so much that Casey, one of the wingmen who, who you'll meet on this podcast, um, he's been with us this entire journey. He was doing all hundred marathons with me. And on that day, on day 15, he was, we were on the trail and like I said, the pain would get so great that I would black out and he was there to catch me. Um, and I'd come back too. And when I came back too, we'd have a mantra and we'd say three words and it was, here we go. Yeah. When we said, here we go, it was a complete mind and body reset. And so in those moments, it wasn't, I have three more to go. It was like, I got to make it to the end of this trail. I got to right. make it to that sign. I got to. I got to keep moving and hopefully Casey catches me when I black out. <laughs> and I repeated Don't miss that. me. Yeah, don't miss me. And I repeated that process until we'd crossed the finish line that night. And then I trusted my team, put me back together. And over the course of the next week, that miracle happened. And that miracle was um, a gentleman living on the trail um, comes out onto the trail and says, hey, you don't know me, but we are the world's leading manufacturer in carbon-plated shin braces. Have you ever heard of them? Would you be willing to try them? <laughs> and I was like, no idea what you're talking about, um, but yes, I will try whatever it is you have that you think will help. And he's like, this won't fit you, but put it on, and I'll meet you in one quarter of a mile, and just tell me where it hurts, and I'll machine mill it in the back of my truck and give it back to you. And we repeated that process over the course of that marathon on day 15. And by the end of the marathon, we had completely offloaded my shin. And given myself, uh, my body, the tools it needed to attempt to try to recover as I'm doing 140.6 miles a day. So that brace would like basically hook on your foot and lift the pressure off of the shin. Yeah, so basically... So it would allow it to start healing. Because right now it's in so much... It's in so much pain. It's, it's not it's not stress. Healing. It's not healing. And so what it is, it's a carbon sole that you slide into your shoe that has a bar, a metal bar coming up out of the side of it. And then you anchor it on the top of your, your calf. And that... Now the bar attached to your upper calf and attached to the carbon uh, plate in your shoe acts as your shin bone. Crazy. And so we were super patient and I was in the shin brace for about five weeks during the marathon and it slowed us down, but it gave my body an opportunity to heal and, you know, it created an imbalance and then my right shin started hurting, started hurting sure. and then my hips, you know, but all these things, it just became one thing after another, but that was the miracle that happened because in these projects, you know, we're, we're always trying to raise money for charity. And on this one, we're raising money for Operation Underground Railroad. And through experience, I know the majority of the fundraising doesn't come until the tail end. Oh, yeah. People are like, well, they we're hold gonna, out, see. we're, we're going yeah. to make you earn this <laughs> charitable donation. <laughs> and so I knew this. And so we just did everything we could as a team to to keep going. And so that, that was the... Best advice I got on the campaign was on day 15 from Sunny, um, and then that miracle did happen, um, and, and it completely changed the, the direction and, and opportunity that we had during that campaign. Well, and there's there's so many little miracles, and I want to kind of flesh out more of these like epiphanies. Like you really had some amazing insights during that journey. You're but... gonna you're gonna have to remind me <laughs> because <laughs> I was walking around unconscious. I see pictures and images, and I'm like. That didn't happen. And I'm like, well, it's right there. It's funny because they, they just today, I'm going to be posting on social media the, the trailer to the new documentary that's coming out. And I watched it for the first time, and I haven't seen any of the documentary footage. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I do. Like, it was, it was shocking. Um, the state I was in so early, 
Um, so I'm, I'll post that on my. Because you had you had film crews with you every day mm-hmm. for the full hundred days. Yeah, I was I was never alone, and so we did a, a big lead up to it, and then for a quarter of a year, um, we had a film film crew in the house and film crew following me around. Um, th- this everything we did was hev- heavily heavily documented. And so that's another one of those small miracles that I actually loved is, and and kudos to your team and and to your family to Lucy, um, your daughter who kind of got out there on social media, but. These were not sanctioned races. These weren't, hey, come sign up to do a race with James. But people showed up every day. Yeah. People showed up. And there's some pretty amazing stories of, um, for people showing up. Like, I remember some of the bike rides, especially the nice days. The cold days, it's yeah. a pretty small group. Yeah. But the nice days, man, you would have a Peloton. There would be 100 people out there. Yeah. What what is interesting because as as a journey progresses, you know, there wasn't a lot of people following the journey earlier on. And it was... I mean, it was le- it was in those coldest days. I mean, day number one was 18 degrees outside, um, and we were biking around Utah Lake and the Wasatch Mountains, uh, the Rocky Mountains here in Utah. And day number one, like I said, was 18 degrees outside. And I've never been so freaking cold. And, and some of the images that people see online, it's like, oh yeah, I could do that in a in a big bike pack. But what you don't see is the countless days in the freezing cold that nobody. Had the, yep. nobody came and, and supported us and and did it but it was it was a lot of fun um it was it was interesting i got more support from the cycling community than i did the local triathlon community yeah and i gained so much respect and so many new friends from that cycling um, community and as we started to to gain momentum and and this core group of cyclists just like became a huge part of our team and I, I remember a lot of them saying after the fact that they would wake up and they would look at the weather uh, for the entire week and they would say, okay, this is going to be, these are going to be the worst three weather days this week. These are the three days that I'm going to go out right. with James. Yeah, which is amazing. Because, because they, they recognize that I'm showing up. Yeah. I've made a commitment. I'm showing up. And they said, if he can be out there day after day, I, as a support person, I'm going to pick the hardest days so that I can try to alleviate some of his burden and give him some comfort. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my kids this morning. Every morning as I ride to school, we talk about some concept. And that's literally the concept we talked about, that as a leader, and as you guys are listening to this, if you've got companies or corporations or even you're leading your family, if you're showing up, people are going to eventually start supporting you. Maybe not the first day, maybe not the second day, but pretty soon they realize, hey, he's there every day. Like he's showing up, he's doing the work, whether it's raining or it's sunny, like he's always there. And so they start showing up. And, and that was that's fun how you to see. Cre- that's how you create a yeah. culture and a team. Yeah, it was amazing. Leader, was leaders lead from the front and set the example. And sometimes in the early days, you're showing up just by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there were some amazing stories too. Like, And I apologize. Their, their name slips my mind right now. But there was a family, husband and a wife, that they had a costume. They had oh, a yeah. costume company. Uh, yeah. Um, Kyle and yeah. Kylie Grimes. Yep, Kyle and Kylie Grimes. Yeah, and so tell that story real fast. That's, that's actually so pretty, we're, pretty fun. Yeah, we're we're you know we're biking around Utah Lake every single day, and by God, it had to be day three. We're, it was just me, Aaron, and maybe one other person, and it, we're freezing cold, and we we're, we're biking through this community to get to the other side of this lake, and all of a sudden we look up, and there's a ninja turtle dancing in the middle of the street holding a sign. And we're like, oh, man, that's super cool. Someone decided to dress up in a Ninja Turtle costume and, and do their thing. And I was like, that's that's really cool, that family. Well, the next day we go by, and 
they're in, I can't remember the next costume, but we'll just call it a, a Mario suit. And I'm like, oh, they're here again. That's so cool. Day number two. Well, day three, day four, day five, like day six, they've got like six people and it's like this church choir and they've got all dressed up in costumes and things. Dude, this family, um, in a show of support, they knew we were suffering and they, they you know, they, they, you know, they, you could tell there was few bright moments in a day. And even, even just that one spark, uh, that one moment they thought you know well we can we can make them smile for, yeah. for two seconds and this this family every single day yeah, um, had a different costume um, and it was just it was their their way that they could contribute every single day so I I got to I got to look forward to a hundred literally a hundred different costumes um, <laughs> that they that they came up with and and sacrificed to, to show up every single day it was a lot of fun and there, there's so many stories of, of families and individuals that flew in from across the country and, and from out, out of country, um, just, just to be, just to be part of it. And, you know, we, we just kind of talked about how difficult the, the injury was, uh, you know, cause going into this, I was like, not only am I going to do a hundred, I'm going to do it and showcase some incredible athleticism. And, um, obviously with the injuries, we had to slow way down and without fail every single day, um, someone would say, I'm so grateful you're not running as fast as you can because it's allowing me the opportunity to come join you. And I wouldn't have been able to have this experience had I not. And so this is what's fascinating. My biggest trial on the hundred became the greatest blessing because it allowed the community to come out. And so in life, like we look at a situation and we instantly label it or judge it as this is bad. This is good. When we truly don't know the, outcome or, or path that that's going to put us on and me being injured as painful and terrible as it was for me it allowed me to have greater impact it allowed more people to join because you were going at a slower pace yes so now people could run with you exactly and so every single day without fail someone would say i'm so grateful you're you're walking because i wouldn't have been able to to join you well and there were some amazing stories uh, along that same line you had so many people that like I shared the story of my son. So my son was 11 years old. He was so motivated. He feels like he calls you Uncle James. He loves you to death. He wanted to be part of it. And so he came out and did did a full marathon. Yeah. But at the same time, you had other people. Like, he wasn't the youngest one. There was a kid. Wasn't the... Six the, or seven? Seven, yeah. I think he was seven years old. So this is a really cool story. So this kid, Jace, um, friend of Casey's, who's the wingman, and uh, one of his friends has this kid named Jace, six years old. Um, and he came out one day and he said, the, the, the young man says, Hey, I just, I just want to go see the iron cowboy. And so he comes out and he's like, Oh, can we, can we walk with him? Can we join him? And the dad's like, yeah, for sure. And so he was like, okay, today, you know, we'll just do one mile with him. And, and I look over my shoulder after a mile and this kid's still there. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do another mile. And we're like, okay. And so, you know, now and again, I check in with the kid and talk to him and see how he's doing. And two miles, three miles, four miles go by. And I'm like, what? And then hours pass. And this kid's in tears, <laughs> just bawling. And we're like, Dude, you can you can stop, little man. Like, it's okay. And he's like, no, if you're still going, I'm still going. Yeah, that's amazing. And it was unbelievable because um, he, he he started to, to train. And he wanted, he wanted to complete the full marathon with us one day. And so there was one day that he, 
he's got these little legs and he can't keep up. And so he would come and he started hours before us um, to get in the miles. And then by the time we caught him, and he finished with us. Finished with you. And just like, again, tears and crying. And no, I, I can do this. If he's out here, I can be out here. And it, this, is a, this is a really interesting concept that I love. Um, when I'm on stage, I ask the question, when in our adult lives did we become okay with quitting? Was was being mediocre okay? Because I, b- I believe quitting is a learned trait. Oh, I agree. 100%. I believe it's a learned trait. And this little five, six-year-old kid, he hadn't been taught this yet. And he was like, no, I'm, I can keep moving. I, even though I'm experiencing pain and whatnot, he's like, as I, as our team was setting the example of we keep going, he, he was watching that and internalizing it. And we were teaching him in that moment that you if you're able, you continue to fight. And it was just one of the coolest things to, to see and watch this kid just like crying and fighting. But he had no desire to quit. Even though he was experiencing pain and discomfort, he was like, no, we are doing this. And he had made up his mind. It was really cool. And he ended up over the course joining me three or four times and on one of the days he did complete the entire marathon with us yeah this is off the couch yeah this is something we'll have to talk about um in more depth in maybe one of the other episodes but I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before but it's like we've got this culture now where it's it's totally acceptable to quit like you said you don't like your job quit, quit. you don't like your spouse get divorced go find a new one you don't like your hair color just diet and so there's there's so many people that have just got acceptable with being mediocre or quitting. Yeah. And and we talk about it all the time. I truly believe if you're trying to develop grit, mental, physical, spiritual, you can't do that from just reading a book. Like you you've got to push yourself through something. Like you you learn those concepts, listen to these podcasts, read the books, but you apply like that young man, he learned something from that moment that he's never going to forget. Yeah. Like it's it wasn't so much about finishing that at that moment as it is when he faces a hard time with his job 20 years from now he's gonna be like no i can do this like i can just push through i can take that next step like i'm not stopping i'm gonna figure out how to make this work and i think that's that's something that a lot of people miss like they're trying to develop grit or they're trying to develop their spiritual strength but they're not actually putting in the effort they're not putting in the work and i saw so many people come like there was people flying in from other places, yeah. from other countries even, yeah. just to complete part of the race with you. And there were there were guys that did the entire thing. Yeah, every single day we had um, we had a, a special banner that if somebody completed the full two point four mile swim, the full hundred and twelve mile bike, and the full marathon, um, they got to have a, an individual picture with me at the end of the night, and then they also got to sign the banner. And so I've got this really cool memento of all the people that did the entire thing with me. And it's funny that this show is called The Grit Show. And it was it, that name came about on The 100 because um, at some point in time, people that were around us that were trying to complete the full thing or just doing their first marathon or whatever it was, you could see in their, their, their walk gate, in their run gate, um, discomfort starting, oh, yeah. to, starting to happen. And a little bit of sideways walking, a little bit of compensation <laughs> yeah. for this new blister that they found and the toe, you know, all these things and some random chafing and all these things that happen over the course of a day. And we were like, welcome to the grit show, you know, and it was that moment where it's like, okay, you're now, a, you're now a contestant on the grit show. What are you going to do? How do you, how do you navigate this? And it was actually a lot of fun for, for myself and, and for Casey and a lot of people that were out there with us a lot. Um, it was, it was an opportunity for us to help those people um, get through that. And it, it actually helped distract me to 
you know, be with those people as they were suffering, um, helping them guide through them and show them like this is a mental game. This is an opportunity for you to not quit on yourself to take the next step. And it was interesting because despite the fact that we were walking, we were we were moving at a good clip. Oh, yeah. And people would show up and we would drop them um, on this despite, you know, the fact that, quote unquote, walking. And um, it was it was interesting because, you know, if we'd get a certain part of time, because I, I really couldn't wait for anybody. Um, I, I had to I had to keep my own agenda. And if we ended up dropping someone, I would say, OK. I, unfortunately, I got to go to bed, but take a picture of your mileage and at the finish line, meet me in the pool the next morning. You can sign the banner. I'll take a picture with you. Yeah, that's huge. And so it was amazing to, for people to be like, I can't quit. I, and it's going to take me a little bit longer, but I'm getting done. And we had people finish it two, three, four in the morning. And I, you know, wake <laughs> up to a text and be like, I did it. I didn't quit. Yeah, I made huge. it across the finish line. And so that, that was always really cool to be part of those people's story. And it, again, I, I play this game of motivational ping pong. People are like, why do you keep doing what you're doing? And I'm like, because our family's journey is, is empowering people to do stuff. And when people do stuff because of, because of what we've done, it in turn makes me keep wanting to show up and do these, these things as well. So it's, it's this crazy fun motivational game. But, of ping pong. And it's got to help a little bit, I'm assuming. And I'd love to see your perspective on it. Having those other people coming in, and, and seeing them suffer but not quitting, like seeing them stay with you, like that's got to be a little bit motivating to be like, hey, I'm like, just kind of helps push you a little bit. Yeah, I absolutely love that part. And to, to the point and the reason that we're on this this thread is you can't, like you said, listen to this podcast, read a book that 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 provides a spark for you. But you have to take an action. You have to do something. You have to be backed into that corner to well we to where we welcome yeah. you onto the grit show. <laughs> yeah. You are the next contestant. And then depending on, you know, your choices in those moments is that's how you gain experience and knowledge and evolve as as a person is by having an experience. The only way to become more mentally tough is through having an experience, through showing up, getting facing the adversity, getting out of your comfort zone and taking the next step and navigating your way through it because that's the only way you can see or have your perspective change because once you're standing on the top of that moment, that adversity, and you've overcome it, all of a sudden a new mountain comes into view that you couldn't see before. Absolutely. And and your perspective changes because throughout our entire thing, every time we made an announcement to our team, it was the next natural progression in our in our journey. And it didn't seem like a big leap. But if you were the newest member of viewing... Um, our chaotic journey, you were like, I can't comprehend going from where I am today, meaning the viewer, to where what they're about to attempt. But it's because every time we would reach the mountaintop, we go, oh, I now believe more is possible because of my experience that I've had that has given me this new knowledge and perspective. Well, and, you, and you had some of those experiences. Like, you continued to grow and evolve. And, and it's not like you had just shin problems. No. Like, you got in a bike wreck. Yep, crashed what, on what day, day was crashed on day fifty nine. Day fifty nine. Uh, so there was a girl that she had a hand warm or something. On so her. And, yeah, so so we were we were riding. We were about nine riders that day. We were about eighty miles into it, and um, her, you know, it always starts out cold and warms up throughout the day as the sun rises. Anyway, she had taken off her arm warmers, tied them across the bars, and you know, normal vibra- road vibrations had just rattled one of them loose, and it dropped straight down and went right into her front wheel and her brake system. Well, that 
caused literally an explosion. And she happened to be the writer that was right in front of me. And I had zero time to react. And all I, it was like, it wasn't like a normal bike crash where you could tires touch or a flat happens and you can anticipate because there's some movement, some shuffle. This was like 20, 20 miles an hour to zero dead stop. Bike is in the air in front of me because her, it locked up her brakes and she went straight over. And not only straight over, but straight up. And when that happens, you have no time to react. And I just remember um, waking up because I got knocked unconscious in the air um, and don't have any recollection of from impact to coming back to consciousness. Um, and so that was on that was on day 59. And so you you really have some decisions to make. And this goes all the way back to like you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and I, I love this concept. And, and I, I know Tyrell lives this way as well. Um, you have to have what's called an ethos. And I think this is something super important that most people don't do in order to be successful. And the reason, so what an ethos is, is it's um, a mission statement um, that, and it's what you stand for black and white, meaning this is who I am and what I do and how I operate. And basically it's my set of rules. And Because when you're in a moment filled with emotion, riddled with chaos, you can't make an intelligent decision in that moment. And you have to be armed and have pre-thought out what you do in a situation. So for an example, my ethos says I finish what I start. My ethos says um, I try to set the best example I know how for my kids. And so in that moment, as I was coming back to consciousness, Aaron was standing over top of me and he knows what we stand for as a team. And he knows we're trying to raise money for charity. And he said, hey, James, have we finished what we started? And I said, no. He said, are you setting the best example you know how for your kids? I said, no. Have we raised the money we've wanted to raise for charity? I said, no. He says, get up. We've got work to do. That was an easy black and white decision based on a premeditated process that armed me for that moment. And most people aren't armed, aren't prepared for that moment. And when you are at your breaking point and ask yourself those questions without knowing exactly what the answer is, you make the wrong decision and you, you quit. So this this wreck was not just an average wreck. Like you hit hard. Yeah, I, I broke my back. You broke your back. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so but you but, but you didn't know that. Well here here's another here's like another. You, there was so much pain. Like yep. so every and so I just want to set some context. Like I was I was fortunate because you're close to me, you're close to my office. And so I would come see you every day if I could. Yep. Even if it was just for a minute, I'd stop by and just say hi, give you a hug. But I did a ton of the runs with you because it, it worked with me, it worked with my schedule, so I did a bunch of the runs. But, like, I, I would come over and yeah, you would be, your hips would be out and your shoulder would be killing you. And you've got, you know, massage therapist here working on you and red light therapy. Like, it wasn't just one thing. And so there was so much pain. Like, you have a broken back, but you just thought, well, it's just. So it was muscle spasms. Yeah, we didn't we didn't find out I had broken my L five um, and cracked it until after the hundred because, you know, once you post um, challenge, you know your body starts to heal and you're trying to get back to your normal baseline. Well, everything was starting to normalize um, for the for the most part, um, except for my back. It was still hurting, so I went and got it checked and X rays and MRIs, and sure enough, we had broken it. And here's what's here's what's fascinating. Obviously, the goal was to raise money for charity. And had I known I had broken my back, that would have been, excuse me, that would have been my focus and my attention. And I would have really, that would have really started to play with my mind. Uh, but because I wasn't in any real danger, um, like para, para, 
paralysis. Yeah, paralysis. paralysis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we just associated that that back pain or that discomfort or stiffness with you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 consecutive full distance triathlons. And so my focus was on raising money for charity and completing each leg every single day. And, you know, mile, uh, sorry, day 80 through 100 is when we did the majority of the fundraising. And had that not been my focus, my purpose, and my reason, um, you know, had I had different knowledge. So sometimes not knowing um, something is, can, be, can be a blessing um, because we, we, we get to choose where we put our focus and attention. And sometimes we inadvertently focus on the negative side of things and that 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 has you know negative consequences or outcomes so there's i mean there's that journey was amazing to watch was there was there anything like one experience like if you had to rank the top three experiences or any like can you rank them and be like okay this this is something that really impacted me because i can share them from my perspective sure but I, i mean is there any like top three if you had to look at it and say this is like the most influential to me so I don't know if it was most influential for me, but I know the three biggest days that had impact um, based on comments and emails and stuff that we received, the three biggest days, um, first one was day 59, was the bike crash. Because, yeah. again, that would have been another reason that, everyone, you know, the public would have said, hey, yeah, he got smoked. Like, yeah. he got knocked unconscious, his back's broken, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a, we're going to give him a pass. <laughs> yeah. You can stop. You can stop. This is acceptable, <laughs> right? Um, and, and again, I, I say that jokingly because I'm not seeking the approval of, of anybody, but we wanted to try to execute, um, not only to our standards, but to the trolls, sure. to the troll standards. If you can meet the troll standards online, <laughs> oh, man. like you're, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so day 59 was, was incredibly impactful because it, anybody that was intention, uh, not intentionally suffering on their journey, they were like, dude, we can, we can continue to show up because, because they are. And, and then the next one would have been day 59 and day 59 was really kind of the, the moment where everything came to a head as far as pain and me being broken physically and mentally and spiritually and just kind of losing hope. Um, I was, I was heading, it was day 80 and everything was just so painful and didn't feel like we were turning any corners. And I was just like, holy cow. Cause on the, cause on the 50, you actually started getting stronger. Yes. And during the hundred, you weren't. Like, your body was just trying to recover. It's just trying to hold on. And here's what's interesting: the first world record that I broke for the the uh, official Ironman sanctioned events in 2012, the, the record was 20. Yeah, the record was 20. Now yeah. we did 30. Now, the, but the record, the Guinness World Record, was 20 yeah. official events around the world in one calendar year. On day 80, I had 20 to go. And so people are like, "Oh, you're so close." <laughs> You're right there, and I'm like, at some point in time, this was the Guinness World Record spaced out over a course of a year, and I have to do them consecutively after having the compounding effect of 90, a bike crash, and all of this chaos happened. So I just, that perspective's an amazing thing, and if you if you continue to show up in your life, and you know, you can change the way people think and perceive about you and your journey, because when we announced the, the first world record for full distance triathlons or full Ironmans, they were like, oh, can't be done. It's 20 and you're going to do 30. Stop it. And then you get to the point where you've gained credibility. You continue to show yeah. up on your journey. And now you're like, I've done 80 in a row. And they're like, oh, you just have 20 more to go. <laughs> Only 20. And I'm like, wait a second. You <laughs> told me 20 was impossible just a few years ago. And so it's, 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 it's that's actually been one of the, the most fun things to, to watch people's perspective change and, 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 and go from 
can't do it to fans and cheering you on and, and we want you to do it. Um, so day 80 was super pivotal and I remember I woke up, I was completely broken, didn't want to start and obviously Sonny's always there and woke me up with, you know, love and, and tenderness every single day and um, she, she was so great. Um, but I, on the way to the pool, I was like, okay, all right, pull yourself together. You're the Iron Cowboy. I was going to, I pulled out my phone and I'm like, and I hadn't done this one time in the first 80 days. And I'm like, every day Lucy was like, post more on social, post more on social. She was like the, the social, social killer. Um, she always wanted me to do it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make Lucy happy today. I'm going to pull out my cell phone. I'm going to give an update on my way to the pool. I'm going to be super positive. I'm going to be super upbeat. Um, imagine that I was going to lie on social media. <laughs> and everybody else tells the truth. Everybody else tells the truth. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to put like showcase that I'm, I'm okay. And I pulled out my phone and, um, I could, I could, I, I was just immediately overwhelmed with emotion because I was just so broken. And I, I said the words, um, I'm going to try, I'm going to try today. And it was fighting back the tears and the emotion. And finally, that's all I could say. And I just turned off the phone and I hit post yeah. and it just kind of blew up um, as far as like being super impactful. And I just did, I just did the Leadville race, um, Leadville 100 mile bike race this past weekend. And there was a person with a sign that said, I'm, I'm going to try today. Uh, Iron huge. Cowboy. And so it's like, how much impact yeah, did that huge. one moment have that, that, that vulnerability and that sadness of me being broken? Um, and being honest about the journey in that moment. So that, I know that day was super impactful. And then day 101. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this is what I kind of want to talk about. Yeah, that I want right to talk about this. Because okay. I, I, I think this is one of the most pivotal things that people don't realize. Because yeah, I advertised as 100, tell everybody did 100. But you and I had actually discussed this on on the run. I don't know if I was one of the first ones to hear the, the idea, but on the run, you, you pitched this idea to me and I was so giddy about it. I couldn't keep my mouth. Like it was hard to keep my mouth shut. Like I wanted to tell everybody. Okay. So this, this is true. This is how this whole thing unfolded by day five or six. It was really early on. And I was, I was in a hurt locker already. Um, we hadn't found the shin brace solution yet. And it was just like, I don't know how I, we're going yeah. to, but I don't know how yeah. or what this is going to look like. And Casey, Casey, I love Casey. <laughs> but Casey says to me, oh, man, wouldn't it be super cool if after the 100 was over, me, you, and Aaron didn't tell anybody, and we just went out and did one more. <laughs> and I probably... day five. <laughs> day five. And I probably used some profanity, and I won't hear, but I, I, I said, Casey, if you ever say that to me again... <laughs> We're done. Like our every our history is over. I will bury you. Like we're done. And he took me pretty seriously because it didn't come up again. But then by about day ninety five, um, I said to Casey, I said, "Hey, uh, what, what do you think if we did one more?" Yeah. And here's what's fascinating about that timeline to me. And, and again, it has it all comes down to mental. By day, we'll call it day five. I had ninety five more to go, and I was already yeah. broken. And so the, the, the idea, the audacity to yeah. suggest that we do one more mentally, I was like, no way, yeah. shut up. Don't ever say that again. I will, I yeah. will hurt you. Yeah. Right. But by day, by day 95, when you're right there, light is at the end of the tub, tunnel, you've learned a lot. You've evolved on how to manage everything. You've got a routine. You've got your system. You're close. You're so close. You're right there. At that point, the, the, the answer changes from. I can't do one more to 
what's one more? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's one more? Yeah. And that's fascinating because nothing changed. It was right. still 100 consecutive. It was still right. 100. It was still 14,000 miles. But at that point, when you have 12,000 miles to go or 13,000 miles to go, it's like, yeah, I couldn't do one more mile. Yeah. But then when you've done 14,000 miles, you're like, ah, what's another 140 at this point? Right. And so that, you know, and, and people from the outside looking in, because we had a, we had a custom jersey that said, you know, 101 with the 100 crossed out. It's like, these guys have been planning this for a while. But Zoka, our, our jersey team, like literally within one week, I had the concept. I presented it to the team. I said, this cannot get out. Nobody can know. And Lucy did a great job, contacted Zoka, and they were like, done. We're in. We can have you a kit. We will drive it to the finish line on day 100. They handed it to Lucy. And even, you know, because there's so much that goes into this day. Um, and we're almost out of time today. But the what, what's crazy is nobody knew we were doing it. I wanted it to be a surprise. Lucy went live every single morning. And I wanted it to be this like, wait a minute, why are they going live? They're supposed to be recovering. And I ha- I'd been saying the entire campaign, not knowing about 101, that I was going to give it everything I had on day 100. And I did. I, st- I gave yeah. it everything I had. And it was the most emotional day. It was the most amazing thing. But standing on stage, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I've got to get up tomorrow and do it again. Yeah. And to me, day 101 is the most impactful. And just real quick, let me set the precedent so everybody knows. On day 100... Like, we finished at a different location. There were literally hundreds and hundreds of people there. Celebrities, um, UFC fighters, Uriah Faber came out, which was amazing. I think the governor was there. Like, there was a couple mayors there. Like, it was a huge deal. But in the back of your mind, you know. And 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 I I was there. And everybody's wanting your picture, and everybody's wanting to shake your hands, and you're standing there. I and in stayed the back there. Of my I mind, stayed I there. I stayed there, and and signed every shirt, and stayed and took every yep. single picture. And the inner circle's like, dude, we got, we, <laughs> we got to go tomorrow. <laughs> we got to go tomorrow. Like, we still got to get up and do this again. Um, but to me, it was the most impactful day um, because you know, in life, you're going to get to that point where you, you know, for us, we knew, okay, finite finish line. This is it. I can manage physically, mentally to this point. There was an ending point. But in life, when we're going through something, they're not, there isn't necessarily a finish line. Right. We don't know when it's going to turn, but we have to keep showing up because that turn will eventually happen. And for me, I was like, I'm going to be a hypocrite if I get on stages and tell people, hey, you can, you can do one more. Yeah. I know you can. And I was like, I, if I'm a leader and I'm a real true leader, leaders lead from the front. Yep. And leaders do what others can't do or don't do not willing to do yeah that's it not willing to do and so i said i've i've got to get up and do one more because in life when you're broken when you're defeated when you can't even conceptualize doing one more a lot of times you have to get up and do one more by yourself and that's why we didn't want to tell anybody we didn't tell the cyclists nobody and lucy on day 101 goes live in the pool yeah and it's normally that we had all lanes packed. We had yep. six lanes. Every lane was full, and it was just like this inchworm of swimmers yeah, going through like, the water, and it was it was a pretty cool scene. But on this day, we go live, and it's just me. It's just me, and I was like, "I'm gonna do it today by myself. Like this is this is what this is what it is." And I finished the bike ride, and you know, social media kind of our little world blew up. Yep. And uh, I, I I was just gonna do the bike ride with with me and Aaron. Yeah. And, and you know, and Aaron's like, "Oh man, I just." 
because Aaron did the full with me the day before. And yeah. he's, you know, he's, he, he'd only been biking. He hasn't done any swimming, any running. And so he was like, okay, here we go. One more. And I was so humbled, um, at how fast the reaction was. Cause you know, it took me an hour 15 to swim or so. And I got out and changed and got ready on my bike. And when I came out of the, the transition area, those, there was 20 cyclists there. Yep. And they were like, they're like, not today. Yeah, you know, huge. you don't have to do this on your own. And and that's the part about um, showing up in your life and setting an example and, and living life with honesty and integrity. People are just drawn to that yeah. and they want they want to be part of that. And, and they said, no, you. You've you've continued to show up and today's not the day where you do it by yourself. So awesome. And so it's just really an emotional day because day 100 was so chaotic and there were so many hundreds of people and everything that was happening. And it was really uncomfortable for me. Um, I, I'm kind of an introvert. I like to do things on my own. That's why I like endurance traveling, uh, racing. And so to have hundreds and hundreds of people and all the cameras and all this, I was like, this day one one is for me. Yeah. And this is my team. And we had, we laughed and told stories. There was no pressure. We'd, 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 we'd achieved our goal. Um, and then, and then as a team, uh, we got to we got to do one final marathon, yeah. And so it was a really really special day. And he, even all the cyclists there were like, man, we were terrified. Day, day one hundred, <laughs> like it was chaos. You put four or five hundred cyclists on the oh, road. Oh man, it was crazy. And you're trying to fly, and you know the yeah, especially unsanctioned. Because things like, like don't crash, like yeah, we don't have. There's like like we said before, this is not a sanctioned race. It's open so roads. It's open roads. There's not cops blocking yeah, intersections. No, like there's like this is just. A bunch of guys biking. It was chaos. So, so for me, those... And on day 100, I think... It, did you get the final count on the bikes? Like, was there 300 or 400 bikers? Yeah, it was 400. Yeah, 400, 400, 400 guys showed up. Exactly. Yeah, it was insane. So the the three, you know, from... You know, obviously every day was unique and we had different experiences. And I can draw... I could I could draw... I could drop a hundred different lessons that we learned um, between myself and the team and the wingman and every... You know, all the stories. But I think the three most impactful days that had you know, just a really profound message was 59, the bike yeah. crash, day 80 when it was the message of, I'm, I'm, this is all I can do. Yeah. All I can do today is show up and try. Yeah. Um, and then day 101. And I, and I think 101, the significance of it is, is greater than the 100 I agree, prior 100%. to it. Now, though, there's obviously very va- valuable lessons in those 100, but I think that day 101, what it stands for um, is, it just holds so much meaning on our journey. Um, just kind of, it, it literally closed the, not the chapter, but the book on, yeah. on that part of our journey. And I just, I went home that night and I was like, that's it. I'm, yeah, sa- I'm satisfied. Like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. It's, it's a concept I read years ago. Um, the, the truly great successful people, they always do more than is expected. And I don't know why it's happened in life. It's, it's like the majority of people do just the minimum. So I don't get fired. I'm going to yeah. do just the minimum so my wife doesn't leave me. I'm going to do just the minimum so my kids think I'm a good dad. They're not doing more than is expected. And that's what you did. That's what you showed the world. Like, brother, that was a huge day for me. Like, it was emotional for me to watch it. It was emotional for me to be there. Like, I came for the run. Like, that was a huge deal to see that happen and just see, like, teaching my kids. Like, it was a big deal for my kids yeah. to learn from you and, and, and watch, hey, I'm going to do more than expected and I'm going to do one more. Like, I'm going to take that next step. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, I, one of my favorite things to, to say is that nothing great is ever accomplished on our own. And I, I couldn't have done it on my own. I couldn't have done it without Sonny and the five kids and people like you that, that showed up that, you know, I've been friends with for forever. And it was those people that showed up um, as often as they could through their yeah. busy lives. And 
I know it goes without saying, but we super appreciate your support and, and your love. Um, well, we've run out of time today, um, and so hopefully you guys got a, a different perspective um, on, on the hundred and. You're going to get to know both Tyrell and I over the course of this podcast, and we're super excited. Like Tyrell said, we've got a lot of really cool guests coming on um, that, that we're going to talk to, some high-level businessmen and some Navy SEALs and some high-level athletes and just people that have experienced some some things. And so this is meant to be encouraging, uh, to give people hope and uh, signing off we're from, we're get from challenge, the show. Challenge you to get out there get out of your comfort zone. Go Absolutely. do something. Absolutely. Hopefully you've learned something, taking some takeaways from James. Uh, just once again, brother, just want to love you, appreciate you. Like it was inspiring. You've changed a lot of lives, and mine included. Awesome. Glad you've been part of it. The Grit Show, all things grit. You guys have a good day. Peace.